بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على خير خلق رب العالمين سيدنا وعظيمنا وحبيب قلوبنا وشفيع نفوسنا أبي القاسم محمد وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين وأصحابه الغر الميامين Dear brothers and sisters, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome to another episode of Tafakkur Podcast where we discuss challenges facing Muslim youth in the West. I'm joined by my brothers Sheikh Mustafa Akhund, Brother Ali Naki Faizi, and uh, Assalamu Alaikum. Alaikum Assalam wa rahmatullah to you, to both of you brothers, and also to our viewers. Assalamu Alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very quickly, we'll recap last episode's um, uh, discussion where we discussed basics of marriage. We talked about the Islamic, uh, the purpose of marriage in Islam, what it's supposed to serve. And we talked about some of the benefits. We also talked about some of the positive reasons behind getting married and some of the negative reasons behind getting married. Today, inshallah, we'll take it a step further by talking about the ideal timing for marriage. Um, for an optimal marriage, we'll discuss timing in matters of age, maturity, and inshallah, we'll also discuss material readiness and if there is an even need for that. Um, we'll discuss these issues um, in four following questions. Number one, is there an appropriate age for getting married? Number two, how do we know if we are mature enough for marriage? What level, number three, what level of material readiness is sufficient to get married? If, if if any. And finally, are there harms to getting married too early or too late? Inshallah, we'll begin with the age question, which is a subjective one. Sheikh, now can you open us up? Again, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I think age is something that is relative. Uh, throughout my research and studying in Middle East and in the West, uh, I've seen typically uh, kids uh, get much uh, uh, mature sooner than the kids in the West. In the Middle East, for example, you see a 13-year-old, 15-year-old boy, he's really mature. Uh, and he's Physic- physically, physically, talking about puberty here, like uh, also and mentally, like okay. uh, you, you see them, even like physically, one day we were in Najaf, I saw an eight-year-old, uh, <laughs> literally eight or nine-year-old was on a, by a motorbike. And they were just in the middle of the street because they grew up in the street. Mm-hmm. So they really become tough sooner than what we see in the West, which the kids are typically pampered and yep. do's yep. and don'ts. Yep. Uh, or even girls, uh, like for example, girl at a girl at age 15, 16, 17, she's really, really mature. But we don't see that kind of maturity typically in the West for girls and boys, again, uh, alike. I think the age is relative and we cannot have a one size fit all age that, okay, this age, when you reach this age, you have to get married. If not, basically the countdown of becoming late has started, for example. Uh, But throughout the research, I think, uh, again, that can be argued against. uh, I mean, what I, I, I can agree in the sense that the timing is relative, like every person, like, you know, has their own time where it would be like, you know, Allah knows best beneficial for them to get married. Um, and there is no one size fits all. But uh, as far as maturity uh, with children or kids in the West and kids in the East back home, I would say they're maturing different things, you know. I would say um, like in a social setting, maybe even educationally wise, like I would say the Western kids are probably more mature in that sense, but physically I can, yeah, I can definitely understand like growing up in the street, being street smart in that sense, Eastern kids can definitely be more mature. I just think they're mature 
in different ways, you know, different environments. Like you mentioned the motorcycle example, but like, I mean, in America, you can't really do that. You know, it's not allowed. So you can't expect a child to be like that. You can't expect a child to even be in the street out past curfew. But over there, back home, I was no curfew. No curfew. No curfew, yeah. (laughs) So it's definitely, I would say maturity, you know, environment plays a part. But the relativity, I definitely agree with. I was also going to add, when it comes to environment, like you said, like uh, street smart and uh, being in different parts of the world exposes you to different like social realities. But also biologically, in warmer climates, you True. physically change much quicker. True. So subjectivity is, is huge. When it comes to age, though, is there um, like a connection between age and taklif? Or is taklif a little bit more subjective, not black and white? Before I go to this, I want to ask, I mean... Just for argument, I'm not sure if uh, secular education brings maturity. I can be wrong with that. Interesting. Uh, but I don't think, like, vice versa. It doesn't mean that if you're illiterate, but you're street smart, you're definitely mature. And if you are secular, you have secular education, you are not, or vice versa. But I think typically uh, more street smart uh, will be closer to maturity than those who are really have dedicated their time to secular education. I'm not opposing to it, but as far as maturity is concerned, I think it uh, re- relatively doesn't bring maturity. Not sure if you. What, what, what I'll say in response to that is, um, if you mean like the education system, I can see yes. that somewhat. But yeah. one thing I'll say is like you know there are a lot of homeschool kids in in the West. You know parents don't really trust the Western school systems. Um, so I'll say, I think just the the facet and the agenda, or like, I guess the expectations here in the West for, you know, education for children, I would say, you know, it's higher. And I mean, if, if you look at it, like from a, like a global perspective, like people definitely consider like the education system or at least the standard of education in the West to be higher. So then when you have that, I'm just saying in the sense that when when your kid is exposed, you know, to more advanced curriculum or like even in a sense like just that expectation to learn more and more and really go into school, go to college, eventually get a career when that when that's there, the child gets exposed to like, you know, multiple different perspectives and ideas. So like of course they definitely have the the Islamic, I would say Western cultural, you know, back home maturity that the children in the West have. But the Eastern children, you know, definitely have I would say outside perspectives. When you have multiple perspectives, mm-hmm. there's a not only does it help shape your own perspective or your own Islamic perspective, but like you know why you believe in what you believe in. I think in the East, the kids become tougher sooner than in the West. Like we went back home. What do you mean by tougher? Like they will be ready for life. I think the, 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 the harshness s- of life, harshness of overcoming tribulation. Because the school system, in, I was in. I lived in Iraq for like four years uh, pursuing my seminary studies and I had my kids to go and uh, uh, it was kind of also private school. But at the same time, like the amount of work that they asked from the kids and memorization mm, and reading and standards. writing. I was surprised that uh, in Iraq that they have, in here, I mean, in the West, we typically don't memorize things, yeah, typically. Yeah. Uh, it's So you really lived both experiences in terms of sending your kids to school at East and here. When they go there again, they come home and they were literally crying that they had to memorize (laughs) lines after lines after lines. Everything had to be memorized. And then homeworks, writing and writing and writing. In here, no, it's, they don't have much more variety, but I think uh, kids, that's why also the education system in the East 
I kind of prefer it, a little bit more strict, a little bit more uh, intense, rather than easy, okay, mm. here's your grade, uh, fun time, activities and stuff. I mean, it doesn't prepare you as a... You're as focusing you on appeasing the students sometimes Definitely. as opposed to helping them grow. Before we get too far away from the age topic though, in Islam, according to Quran or uh, Hadith, um, is there a, like an age range for marriage? For like, um, like this is the minimum age for a, a, a gentleman and a gentlewoman? Well, with the age and taklif, I mean, a boy becomes mature at age 15, lunar calendar, uh, which is almost uh, 14 and a half, uh, the Western calendar. Uh, or sooner if they see the signs of puberty on boys. For girls finishing the age of nine, again, and entering 10, uh, lunar calendar also, they become balagh or mukallaf, where they are obliged to uh, participate in all the religious obligations. Do they have, at that early of an age though, do they have a complete mental intellect, which is, I guess we're going to talk about in the next section in terms of mental intelligence and mental intellectual capacity. We'll see when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, appointed this age for maturity, he knows something that you and I don't know. And maybe, I mean, definitely his expectation from a, a nine-year-old girl just finished start at 10 or 15-year-old, where I know some of the boys who became mature at age 12, uh, they saw some of the signs of puberty and they start Physical signs. Physical signs. Right, right, right. Their ex Allah's expectation from them will be completely different than a 40-years-old man who has uh, experienced life and he sees, of course. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants them from that moment onward that I will want you to partake in all of the wajibat, salah, psalm, fasting, prayers, and all everything else that is wajib for an adult. It's wajib upon them. But definitely he will be more lenient with kids if they missed here and there and stuff rather than me, for example. And okay, I won't, do, I won't have that excuse that they had. Well, I couldn't wake up. It was too early. It was too cold, for example, wintertime to uh, do wudu with cold water. And, and so their excuse, I think it will be, Allah will excuse them rather than the adult. As far as age, I have not seen specific age uh, in the hadith that uh, have said, okay, this age they have to get married or this is recommended. Uh, I have seen a hadith by Rasulullah uh, that for the girl to be as early as it can. Uh, and it's very kind of a hard hadith, like has, he has put the uh, ultimate age and mindset that the girl should be. We won't be able to get to that because that's too early for us according to the West. But when that is set as a standard, we have to be as much close to it as possible. So I haven't seen anything uh, far as number is concerned but what i think around around age of 18 to 21 22 some can go younger for example i was looking within different communities even in the west those who have much more cultural uh upbringing in their house mm. culture and religion such as girl gets responsibility in a house at a very young age you have to start doing things like around three, age three, four, five, you have to have start having daily chores in the house because house you belong to house and house is your 
uh, palace, you are the CEO of your house. So you have to start knowing how to manage your house, even at age three, four, five. How would you prepare a boy at that age as well? Like, what, uh, what, how do you develop a boy? That's how you develop a, a girl. So let me finish age. the girl and then I'll come to the boy also. So, the girl helping with the mom in the kitchen, cleaning, organizing, and whatever the, the woman uh, should do in the house. Uh, Slowly, slowly, she get to know of it. So I've seen some girls, again, in the West, uh, they are maybe around age of 14. But you can see them to be able to run a house. Like they know in the house, making sure, for example, if anything's on the stove, it's turned off, washing the dishes, cleaning, looking after the kids. They had younger siblings in the house. So the mom gave them that responsibility that you have to look after them. So you can see them, they have matured, and they can take that responsibility. For the boys, it's the same thing that you are responsible, like around age of 14, 13, 12, you know, okay, start working here. There's money because you're going to be the breadwinner. You have to provide. And I mean, unfortunately, in the West, you cannot work until maybe 15 and a half, 16, 16 and a half, based on different states. They have their age limit. Uh, but taking responsibility of younger brothers, like this is what I did with my older son. Uh, he's 19 right now, probably six years ago. Yeah six years ago, so he was only 12 or 13 or even younger. He was responsible for his three-year-old brother, four-year-old brother, that you have to look after him, take him outside, take him shower, feeding him. It was Muharram time that I was in the West uh, lecturing, and he's only 11, 12 years old himself, or 13 maximum. He was taking responsibility to a four-year-old brother in Muharram in Karbala. So you do between Mawakib and taking... A lot of traffic. Yes, so... This is what, how, how my mom raised me when I was nine and 10. And then, okay, here's the shopping bag. I remember I used to walk back and forth mile to go shopping, grocery shopping. Uh, that shows you that, okay, you, you are going to be responsible. This is part of the job that you have to learn about it. So some parents, due to the upbringing of their kids, they can see them getting ready sooner than age of 18. So when we said 18, if you're, you see your son, uh, he's ready 17 or even 16. He's ready. He's, he can take responsibility and he's already baller. And, and again, that responsibility is relative. I mean, from the beginning of their life, they don't have all of these responsibilities. It's like uh, you're starting slow. Definitely. Start so slow. Open the ideas age. to it. Like talk with them. Okay, do you, I think we are ready. So get them ready. You won't be able to suddenly, ta-da, marriage, here's your... Uh, bride. No, get them ready. Same thing, girls and boys. They have to, as a upbringing of the parents, should be that, okay, this is where you're going to be ending up. So get yourself ready. Get your acts act together. And so I think 18 to 21, 22 will be good age. Uh, even with that, it shouldn't be that, okay, right now at age 18, okay, let me start looking. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we mentioned like biologically while you might be uh, reaching biological physical maturity at early 13 for a boy 12 for a boy 9 10 for a girl obviously now we need to discuss okay this is prerequisite number one but then there's now more prerequisites in terms of like maturity intellectual maturity what what does that mean and how is that a prerequisite uh, before we move on i'm yeah. so sorry yeah. before we get to that i just wanted to mention some things um but do you think that applies to like the West too? Because I know you're mentioning how in the East, typically younger, you know, those responsibilities are shifted onto them sooner. And mm -hmm. 
in a sense, you can say, I guess they're more, it's not that their life, yeah, I guess you can say like from a societal aspect, their life is less structured because they have the freedom for their parents to dictate what they should do. Like, okay, you can mm -hmm. start working now. You can start taking care of the chores. Would you say in the West is different? Because some people would argue, you know, like that, you know, it takes longer for a boy to get in that habit of like establishing like, you know, a healthy work life and understanding one's responsibilities, especially like, you know, with friends, you know, kids that are raised here, enjoyment is a big aspect of their life, going out, playing games, you know, True. with girls too, you know, hanging out with their friends, you know, the latest trends and stuff like that. See, the, the thing is the upbringing is very important. doesn't matter East or West. So that's number one. Number two, I think if the upbringing is not there, basically the parents haven't done good job of transferring the responsibility as soon as they can so the kids will learn that this is the way life is. Delaying it, they won't learn it either. Mm -hmm. So it's not that, okay, after the age of 19, 20, 21, maybe even gets worse. Why? Because they might have some restriction in their parents' house. And unfortunately, with a Western lifestyle, age 18 will. They want to leave the house. So they want to be that independent, I'm on my own. And then they start enjoying that freedom <clears throat> that they didn't have kind of in the parents' house or they had a curfew. So they will continue with that lifestyle and not even being responsible for themselves. How many kids I have seen, like, or even at the, not no longer kids, like youth, 23, 25, 26, you still see them. They are still, they have a child mindset. Like as far as games and playing and not being responsible, even for, about their own affairs. Like I remember when I was in a university, third year university. So you are already 21, 22, so, and you already have done three years. First day in the class, how many, so many times it happened. The teacher will ask, okay, the first day in the class, your name, your major. A lot of people undeclared. Mm. So what have you been doing this past three years? Like you're still undeclared or undecided. When are you going to decide after three years of college? So you can see the same thing applies. So I think even for those people getting, putting me into that situation, okay, right now you're married. Okay. And as I have said always, younger or older, when we get them married, they need training wheels. Mm. And I told a lot of youth here that, okay, when you started, I will be that training wheel. Are you going to uh, fall right? You're going to fall left? I'm going to be there and I'm going to help you. When you see that you got it, okay, please unscrew me, throw me. You got it on your own. <laughs> Can't that be a little dangerous though? I mean, people jumping in with the assumption that like, hopefully my training wheels will save me. Not saying that, you know, you can't do a great job. But yeah, like, I'm not going to be there all yeah, the time. You know, like holding the hand can only be beneficial until like a point, you know, because once you let go. True. Without that support, you know, they might feel shaky or whatever may happen. Also, another point that you mentioned earlier that I thought was interesting. You mentioned that usually for girls, the responsibility is the housework. You know, CEO, yes. you said of the house, right? Yes. Don't you think there's a, there's a certain extent or like people in the West believe that, you know, like maybe women should also be prepared, you know, to join the workforce and stuff like that. Be self-sufficient because you never know. Um, I mean, divorce is skyrocketing nowadays, you know, within the West. Even married, like the marriage rates have decreased. So like, you know. Yes. Wouldn't you say that um, in a sense that alongside the responsibilities of the house, that uh, societal maturity is also required, you know? See, societal maturity doesn't come again from workforce. 
Same thing as I've seen in the or education. Oh, it doesn't. I don't. I haven't seen uh, a good environment either. It, either work or education system that they teach you maturity. They teach you being responsible. They teach you how to treat wife and husband. They treat they treat you. They teach you how you should live your life. No, an education system. Okay, these are the books. These are stuff that you product like. driven. That's it. Yeah. And when you work, okay, you come here nine to five. You clock in, clock out. This is your responsibility, and you move on. Uh, but I mean, it does add a, a schedule to people's lives. I mean, there's a structure. Of course, you cannot deny that. Maybe no emotional development. No emotional spiritual development. Uh, solving problems. Like how many are there classes that will teach you problem solving? I mean, uh, there, there are some. There's a little bit of problem solving yeah, in college. Yeah, yeah, a little I mean, bit, but, I mean, but but there is no like. Um, you're not going to go and, and learn about how to really deal with relationships, yes. how to maintain your faith in a in a foreign country where yeah, it's very very challenging. Um, how to raise responsible children? I mean, there's not one, you know, yeah, uh, a course in college. There's a call. There's a course in college called persuasion, but there's no course in college on raising children. That's true. true. Just as a reflective of the society but, but, that we I live mean, in. But these are all like. I would say those are all topics that, like Sheikh mentioned earlier, those are like within the home. Yeah, you know. So, like, what about the issues that they face outside? Like, yeah, let me recalibrate your question because it was a really good one. Because yeah. you were saying, I mean, first of all, we're in the West, so yeah. there's some realities that we have to be a little bit more practical about. Yeah. Um, not every wo- a Muslim woman in the West wants to just be in the house. A lot of them yeah. want to pursue an education. They want to pursue a career. So, I think maybe you're also talking about how the parents, when they're developing the child at a very young age, specifically when we're talking about. Our sisters, how can the parents also prepare them for a life in the West where it could go outside of the house? Yeah. If she was some women don't want to leave the house, they do want to be a CEO of the house. Some would prefer to uh, contribute you, to society. Both of you are mentioning good points. These are all around the topic of what I want to do, what the family wants to do. Rather, we have to shift our mindset, what Allah wants me to do. What Ahlul Bayt Rasulullah, Quran, what they want me to do. So within religion of Islam, we are not egocentric. Absolutely. Everything is around me. No, I'm around religion. We take the religion, we want to shape it around our own needs. Rather, I have to shape myself around the religion. Religion says up here, okay, I have to be up here. Religion says down here, I'll down here. Religion says silence here, I'll be silenced. Even though I might want to say something, but the religion says be quiet. I'm quiet. In here, religion says, say something. Even though I really want to be quiet, it's an uncomfortable situation, it's very awkward. Religion says, well, you have to say things. Mm. So the mission of this podcast and all the speakers that are outside uh, in the West, and unfortunately, East and West are all getting the same thing. Uh-huh. Since you see a lot of divorces. It's creeping yeah. gradually to that. Globalization. I wish it was gradually. It's, you, you'll, be, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Uh, much faster than we are anticipating. So what does Islam prescribe for me as a mother, as a father, as a husband, as a wife, as a woman, as a man, as a children? What they prescribe for me? Does it have a plan for me? Of course it doesn't have, it doesn't have a plan. So Islam says, according to hadith from Fatima al-Zahra, alayha, that Imam Ali alayhi salam and Fatima al-Zahra one day, inshallah, we will talk about this hadith in depth in one episode, inshallah. but I just want to touch base on it, that she asked, and they ask Rasulullah, can you uh, distribute our responsibilities? And uh, Rasulullah said, anything from door inside the house is your responsibility. And anything from door outside is his responsibility. And she said, Allah knows how happy I got that my father 
left me of that responsibility and took this responsibility out of my shoulder to be interacted with men and for men to see me and for me to see men. I'm so happy about it and Allah knows how happy I am. So that becomes a prescription. So Islam is not against education of women, not at all. Of course. Hadith of Rasulullah, Talab al-ilm faridah, gaining knowledge is an obligation. Ala kulli mu'minin wa mu'minah. Or another hadith, Muslim and Muslim. Muslim men and Muslim women, leaving men and women. But the means to that education. Alhamdulillah, after COVID and all of these online studying, you don't have to be outside. You can learn all of these things. And that should not, unfortunately, that should not stop marriage happening. Well, I have to finish my education, then get married. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, For yeah. both boys and yeah. girls. You see, unfortunately, 99% uh, of marriages are not happening. Why? Because they both are delaying uh, marriage for education. So that's a big problem. So she said, I want to finish education. Then you have to wait. He said, no, I have to finish education. Then you have to wait. And then skip delaying and delaying. And when the time comes, they finish education. They got their career, especially girls. Okay, right now, let's find a boy. Well, guess what? You're already at 27, 28, 29. 20, even six. That's true. So the the boys that you're going to get is going to be around age 30. So they've already been taken, whatever is left. Well, good luck. And vice versa, right? Vice versa. Uh, something that, I, that you made me think about just now. Uh, but I totally agree that, like, with everything in the house, like, that mother figure within the family, 100% responsibility of a woman, you know, that that shouldn't be abandoned. That's important because you want to raise children that inshallah can be self-sufficient and be as like a as a form of sadaqah when you pass on you know that can get you good deeds um but some some women just really have that passion like for instance in the community we need we need female doctors we need uh women that are teachers so many other job areas where women can excel where they help other women you know because they require it you know well we have to say what is the priority if the, if the priority is outside the house sure but the priority... Uh, no, yeah, I'm not saying who, over-prioritize. I'm saying that the house should be the priority. So that, yeah. so when you prioritize the house, there's nothing left. There's no time left to do anything outside the house. I mean, but... In most what, cases. What, yeah, what... I mean, in most cases. There, there, uh, I mean, there are instances... Because remember, grandparents, like, for instance, I know some people I who... leave their yeah, grandparents. Yeah, grandparents. They leave their children with the grandparents, True. right? True. The, the husband and the wife, they both go work. They come home. You know, everything's fine because, you know... Initially, the children get the same upbringing that the mother got, and mm -hmm. you know. So I think like Sheikh, Sheikh provided us with like that that narration is a perfect prescription. Yeah. And I think like according to what you're saying, that narration is more so of a priority yeah. rather than a limitation. Other than like Sheikh is saying, that priority is a pretty strong responsibility. Um, on a tangent, I once wrote an article about the uh, the um, uh, the apparent or no the non-apparent salary of a stay-at-home mother from this perspective of life insurance. So is it only the working spouse, assuming one spouse is working, that needs life insurance, or does the stay-at-home spouse need life insurance? And and when we use the title CEO for the stay-at-home mother that's taking care of the home, it's a perfect title because she is truly a CEO of many different functions. And there's like a, it's a six-figure age when you monetize the the work of a stay-at-home parent, man or woman, it becomes a six-figure raise, a six-figure salary in this country. So it is a huge responsibility. So it would be hard to imagine where if I am fulfilling this priority at 100% that I'll have extra time. 
But in some um, circumstances... Again, like having grandparents, of course. Grandparents, but then also working at home, you know. There there's so many jobs now you can work at home. Reality. There's part-time work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just feel like, of course, the priority has to be, you know, the children, the family has to be prioritized. But I think the room for, you know, work and I guess if that is a passion or if that if that need is there for that, you know, that job, that occupation within the community, for the greater community, then why not? So pivoting, I think we talked about the maturity a little bit. I mean, when it comes to maturity, we have like intellectual, being able to uh, consume knowledge and apply knowledge on an everyday basis in order to discern between good and bad. Emotional intelligence or maturity where we can actually problem solve together, communicate clearly. Spiritual intelligence, my knowledge of the faith and ability to apply that and, and from a fiqhi perspective, and especially, especially theologically, be able to guide my family. Um, on the emotional one, I'm interested to ask you about that as uh, a social media generation, right. as a part of that. You and right. all three of us, actually. <laughs> Sheikh is actually, uh, you know, not, 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 not too far from us. Right. But um, do you feel like, you know, with, with social media today, especially today, so much instant gratification, so much information fatigue, standards are unrealistic. Um, do you think like, uh, like modern day social media reality kind of diminishes our emotional intelligence so people are... In, from an emotional standpoint, being able to socialize and solve social problems with one another is diminished because we live in this weird virtual world where like a real, partial reality is social media? Well, I think that it's definitely like the impact of social media on this generation or my generation um, is definitely relative. Like it can have its positives, you know, as sure. far as like, you know, your outlooks on life, your expectations when it comes to marriage, meeting people, you know, your ideal life. But I, I can't go on and say that social media doesn't make a or have a direct impact on people's unrealistic expectations. Like, you know, when you when you go on Instagram or you go on Facebook or TikTok or whatever, you immediately see videos, especially the popular ones where like, oh, someone's like, you know, has a million dollar car, million dollar house, you know, living life to the fullest, full of enjoyment, partying, whatever trends, whatever, whatever it may be. Right. And initially, especially since like, the algorithms nowadays are like short pieces of media. You know, it's nothing like very rarely will you see people actually consume media that's longer than like five minutes. TikTok videos it's are usually not yeah, beneficial content under, yeah. either. It's typically like under 15 seconds, 30 seconds at most because people are like, watch it. Okay, next one, next one, swipe, swipe, swipe. You know, they're just consuming it at a rapid pace. So then when there's a lot of it, the like, forms yeah. of maybe a one-on-one conversation with an actual human being. Yeah, like it just, your ability to focus and be present. That your your ability to just socialize with other people, your expectations. It, it's ultimately something that even makes you really depressed because, like, you lose Facebook the gratification. Depression is an like, actual thing. Be, yeah, like being like grateful for what you do have in your life is directly affected by that. I mean, every time you go on, if you see stuff that you don't have, you're gonna start hating your own life. It so, might, might even lead yeah. you to have like a whole. We talked about the positive and negative reasons to get married. Like social media today has increased the criteria for what I want in my ideal yeah. wife or husband because of what I'm seeing every day on social media. Yeah, and it's, it's really funny because you'll see like typically when I'm on TikTok, right? If you see anything like a cute couple post and I'm unmarried, right? You know, I'm not married yet. Not, not for long. Yeah, not for long. Inshallah. Let's pray. I, I got to add my Instagram handle to the... Um, but uh, when, you, when you go on, right, and you see these videos... I'll go to the comment section. Immediately, I see people commenting, laying on the highway. 
uh, you know, laying on the highway, like meaning like they're done with life, you know. Oh, like, yeah, like literally, literally, yeah, <laughs> like they're like because like they're just they're they're sick of, and they're tired of just seeing these kind of posts and that they don't have it, and you know that's ultimately what you get for you know True. it's kind of like dangling like a piece of meat in front of a dog, you know, for lack of better yeah example yeah. You see what yeah. what does it yeah. do with their emotions basically? Yeah. No, what about atil uh, intellect? Um, when does that usually come? Uh, are we born with it? Does it come at a certain age or period? How do we know when it arrives? It's a big thing in Islam, no? It is, and as we can see within the books of our narrations, uh, our four books, four books of ahadith, uh, the first chapter is about aql and jahl, uh, and that's the first thing Allah Subhanahu wa Taala created. Allah said, uh, "Can you?" Go into that Go into a little that. bit. I'm sorry, that's like first too thing. interesting to come over. Like with the human being? The, the first thing that Allah created mm. was aql, the intellect. Mm. And then Allah told intellect to come, came. Mm. Allah told intellect to go, went. Allah said, by you I will reward and by you I will punish. And there are so many narrations in the, the first chapter of uh, Usul Kafi about aql. Uh, that's one of them that Allah will not complete aql in someone except that he loves them. So if you say you have intellect, means Allah loved you and gave you this intellect. Not that doesn't mean that Allah picks and chooses who he likes or he who dislikes. Allah knows us. I mean, he created us. He knows uh, what's best for us. What not, not only what is best for us, he will know that whatever he gives us as a blessing, we will we will use it to the best of our abilities or we will ruin it. Let's use it, yeah. So yeah. for example, right now I have my own four kids. You will be able to say, see, and I will be able to be really close to it. This person, for example, if I give them money this much, what they will do with this money and how much, what, what they will do with this. Like each one of them will be different. Which one will waste it? Which one will spend it wisely? Again, as a father and also a little bit bigger as a community, like having to see a lot of youth, I can see who's more responsible with money, who's not responsible, who's uh, more uh, mature in as far as tasks being given to them, who is careless. So you can see different people. So we're talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who he created us. So he knows our potentials and capacities. So intellect is something that we should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more and more. It's in part of our dua uh, that Allah increase my intellect, increase my knowledge. Uh, because with, with this, I will be able to, intellect is like a light, Noor. Noor. And then deen is like a map. SubhanAllah. So Allah, the more we have, the brighter the intellect is, the greater we can see, the the greater we can see from deen. And deen is the map to our salvation. Yeah. So the more we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for aql, the more we will be able to see this is right and this is wrong. This is haq and this is batir. Do's and don'ts of the religion which has been prescribed to us by the teachings of Quran and Ahl Bayt alayhim So that's one of the du'as that we have to ask Allah. And again, as a parent, we have to make sure that uh, we work on our kids' intellect. Intellect is different than knowledge. Correct. And brain. And it's brain. not the same thing. No, not, not at all. Intellect. I mean, intellect and aql is the same thing, not the brain. So intellect and aql. Uh, a lot of people have knowledge, but they're not intellectual. And some people, you see them to be illiterate. Literally, but they don't know how, they don't, how, how to read and write, but they are really, really intellectual people. Mm-hmm. Even in business, you know, some people, they don't have any degree. And you see them, they're making millions because they're good with money. And some people, they have a lot of degrees and due to them not having the uh, economical mindset and intellect, they lose money right and left Absolutely. and they don't know 
where to bring the money, how to invest it. Same thing for marital life. Intellect is very important that I should work on myself. Same thing that I'm hoping, I'm talking right now, me, Ali Naqi, that I'm hoping that I find an intellectual wife. Inshallah. I have to also work on my intellect. Absolutely. So the more I intellectual person I become, inshallah, I will find a person who is close to me intellectually. Pray for him. A lot of prayers we have to do for Ayn Naqi. Inshallah. He's a great brother, mashallah. It won't take long. Inshallah. I loved the analogy you gave of the light and the map because as soon as you said that and you were talking about ilm and knowledge, uh, immediately I remembered a, a hadith by Imam Jafar Sadiq salam where he says, um, uh, That knowledge is a light that True. Allah like instills and very quickly yeah, yeah. into the heart of the heart of of he, whomever he des- desires again that needs a clarification not that again allah picks and chooses uh okay i have yeah, example, yasha, yasha. No, for example yeah i said for example me allah i don't like aynak i'm not going to give him light of this nur of this intellect i'll give it to brother Mut- Hussein mutawakkil or vice versa no allah sees uh, another analogy would be, for example, if we're all sitting here and thirsty and we have cups, uh, empty cup, mm. and a person walks in here, if my cup is dirty, he won't give me water until I go and wash it. So, Yahdi man yasha, have I purified and cleansed mm. my heart to receive this light? If I Have I done it or no? I'm just going, doing whatever I want. Like, oh, Allah, see, he guide him. He didn't guide me. He has some beef with me. He didn't have that. SubhanAllah. So, I have to cleanse myself and ask du'a and why Allah wouldn't give it to me? Like, why not? Like, why yeah. wouldn't give me that knowledge which will guide me to my salvation? Sitting down with a brother a few years back who was telling me, Allah doesn't answer prayers. And I said, not only does the Quran contradict what you just said, but I don't think you've searched enough to understand why is he not understanding your prayers? True. Like what True. you're saying, sometimes there's a blockage. Yes. Um, and then we're talking about like just spiritual intelligence, knowledge of Islam. Um, like how do we, like we said, with intellectual knowledge, it's really hard to define. Okay, son, you now have the intellect enough to get married. Mm. It's really like you said, as a father, as a mother, you observe your children and you kind of give them uh, rite of passage, if you will. But in terms of like spiritual intelligence or or, or religious intelligence, what's like? I feel like that needs a threshold um, before you're ready to. To, to to take care of a spouse, to raise children, start a family. We do have a lot of teachings about that. For example, Rasulullah said, do not marry those girls khadra ad-daman in Arabic. What does it mean? Right. Rasulullah, Rasulullah said, it's like a beautiful flower mm. which has been raised next to a trash can. It's mm. a very beautiful flower. The environment, family the upbringing. environment, the family, yeah. the upbringing is very important about the upbringing. Same thing for a boy. Mm-hmm. It, it applies Always. Uh, both sides. So as far as spirituality, I think when we're looking for our future spouse, there are, as you mentioned, threshold, and there are some things that are deal breaker. Mm -hmm. Okay, if he or she doesn't have this in her, we won't be a good match. Uh, She might be a good match for someone else, but me trying to bring religiosity more into my life, uh, I need a partner. We talked about this in your office one day. We were talking about climb together. True. As opposed to... Of course. So there there is... we are both trying to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and get closer. And on this path of ours, there is shaitan. Always. He said, he promised that I will sit on this path. So I need someone 
who will help me to remove these obstacles because the obstacle of shaitan is very big in front of me. And so we have two people, we can push it together and then put it aside. Not that person becomes a burden on me that uh, not only they don't help me, either they pull me back when I want to remove this obstacle of shaitan on my way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that should be uh, something that I have to keep in mind. Yes. Just just, just a question or clarification. Um, so does this mean that it's just not possible with people that, I guess, like, what's, let's what's just say possible? Uh, like a spouse or someone that's interested in you, right? Or you're interested um, in. Or you're interested in who just happens to be maybe not from a not so good family or, you know, environment, but they themselves are a good person. Or for instance, let's just say um, they come from a good environment, but you see them as, I guess, like uh, maybe a lower, possibly higher level of religiosity. Again, that's word. relative. Like it shouldn't, the gap shouldn't be too big. But what if you guys have the same goal? Same goal. Okay. So the goal is for me, you and I, we get together to complete each other, mm. faith and religiosity and personality to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One day I will be short, understandable. One day okay. you will be short, understandable. One day you don't feel like it. One day I don't feel like it. Understandable. This is part of our human nature. But that, if that is not the goal, well, it's not going to work for me. Right. Because we are we have completely different... I do, I do, I, so as long as the goal is the same. Goal the same and then we try to achieve it. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I do get a lot of yeah. cases for consultation or unfortunately some of them uh, that they come here divorced, which I try to convince them otherwise that he really wants to be religious and she doesn't or vice versa she really wants to be religious with salah he wants to always party and so on and so forth. so you can see it in life their purpose in life and their goal in life is completely different mm. so they always have this obstacle but if we are same goal i might not do more the way that you do it but we are the same thing for example one does more mustahabbat the other one doesn't do mustahabbat uh, recommended act at least wajibat, an obligatory act, we are uh, agreeing that must be done as far as hijab for men and women, both that we have hijab, as far as salah, as far as homes, and all our wajibat. But if the person says, well, I don't believe in salah. <laughs> Not believing in salah, that's complete deal breaker. Or no, I believe in salah, but... No, no. I don't, I'm not I ready. Pray. A lot of I'm not ready. Yeah, so you can see there's a potential in this person. They're not rejecting salah completely. Now, I don't believe in this thing, so... This person is a deal breaker. Or for example, I do have a husband who is convincing his wife to remove hijab. Well, she cannot. She should not obey him in removing his her hijab. Uh, and they've been married for many, 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 many years right now. And that's been a conflict all the time. He wants to go everywhere, partying stuff, and he wants his wife to be with him. But she said, okay, these places we can't go. These places are haram, and I cannot remove my hijab. And this is a haram uh, environment. So... From the beginning, that was the wrong. Not a good match. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah some yeah, people yeah. believe in the statement, though. Opposites attract. What do What do you think of that? Opposite in what? <laughs> well, in this in this instance, I like this, religion, I like yeah, this religiosity. <laughs> <laughs> no opposite. For example, again, opposite of one doing more, one doing less, but still we're doing. Mm, okay. Rather than you will be going north, I'm going to be going south. This is the opposite. Really, also, yeah, it's not going to work. We're always going to be okay. Should we, for example? I like always to go to Canada, for example, and my wife likes to go to Florida. We never will go to any vacation because we always stay in Virginia. Go to both worlds. So, so for, just to, to recap this one, just to tie it up, um, I'm a father and I have a son who's looking to get married or a daughter. Um, in terms of spiritual knowledge or religious knowledge, would you would it be safe to assume that 
wajibat is the baseline that you are performing or at least attempting to perform. First of all, you have knowledge of, and then you try to apply the knowledge in terms of performing all of your wajibat. Would that be a safe baseline? Definitely. If I didn't learn how to consistently pray, should I really be getting married at this time? Yes. Because this this will help. See, uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi or the imams in another hadith, they say getting married will uh, protect half of your deen Mm. or two-thirds of your deen. Well, because you will be satisfied your needs will be met. Mm-hmm. So with open mind, you can get divine guidance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because these needs are there. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, when you're hungry, like, for example, how many of us... Blood iftar? pressure drops, get yeah. cranky. There you go. After, biological. By the time yeah. iftar, do we really want to <laughs> pray first and then go to iftar? Yeah, yeah. Or no, I mean, it's okay, go eat something so you have some break energy. Break your fast. Break your fast and then come and pray so definitely uh, if it's the right choice again right match. both right match Compatible. we can see that they have helped one another toward so, religiosity so you don't necessarily need to be checking all the boxes on the wajibat to be ready because everybody ready. has missed one or two so, or three prayers symptoms. so can that be a little dangerous though how i mean in in an instance like if you don't have that i guess like because we were Earlier talking about the spiritual maturity, intellectual mm-hmm. maturity. Uh, if you don't have that foundation, like I, I would say from my perspective, when you're young, you change a lot. True. Like, you know, they say in college, like you change your, like the average student changes their major three times. And that's just like what they want to do for the rest of their life, mm-hmm. let alone a person that they want to see themselves with the rest of their life. If you don't have that lifestyle in place already, who's to say that? You know, you're going to stay like that or you will get to that because at the end of the day, like that's not set in stone. So like what what if a partner makes that worse, for instance? You know, see, uh, there are many factors to this. Persons believe and maturity intellectual, spiritually and development is one thing. The family also plays a role. The environment plays a role. So when I go for a girl, uh, for example, right now looking for a, a girl for my son. A lot of factors come into place rather than, okay, this person is good, khalas, let's move on with it because the box is all checked. So do they come from a good family that religion was part of their family or they were a family that religion had not, nothing to do with them? Only Ramadan, 30 days, and this is it. After that, they have nothing to do with religion or maybe they, God forbid, anti-religion. The environment that the girl or the boy grew up has an effect in that thing. So, for example, I have some states, not mentioning any states right now. Typically, typically, girls and boys within that state are not loyal to one another and they're getting divorced right and left from religious family. Mm. I'm talking very, very conservative religious family. But due to that openness and due to that environment that they're living in, I mean, I'm hearing cases after cases from very conservative religious family that they're not working. So I'm thinking, what is wrong? So there's something happening in that state. So all of these factors play a role. Can you say it's a matter of like intention or action? Both. It has to be both. It has to be both. Both are very important. And again, people change. I might, and this is a test. I always have said good spouse and a bad spouse, they both are a test. 
And I have oh, of course. argued that the best spouse test is harder than Because that. you have you have a responsibility towards them. Are you appreciative right. of that? Right. It's a so, mirror almost, yeah. With a bad wife or bad husband, bad spouse, well, you just have to be sub Patient. Patient. Okay. Okay. But having a good spouse, well, you have to be really grateful of this person. Yeah, that's which a really makes good harder. Point. So if we see it as a test, I will do my due diligence mm. as far as the family, as far as the person, some basic common understanding. After that, okay, whatever comes, it's a loss and I did what I can. That's it. Definitely. Perfect segue to, which I think is, is relevant to discuss because we're in the West and right. uh, we live in the land of uh, hyper-capitalism, mm-hmm. um, hyper-materialism. So in terms of, I mean, we, we all have talked about this ex- to an exhausted state. Is there a threshold for material readiness in order to get married, in terms of I have a stable income, I have the means of transportation, whether I drive, whether I have access to metro, bus, um, whether I can uphold the standards of living for the wife. Um, are there basic material necessities? I'm not talking about wealth, because we get really caught up with, I want to make this much money before I get married. I want to be financially set. Or the parents put this much responsibility to you. This is... Uh, this is what I need from you in order to give my daughter a hand. So, so from an Islamic perspective, materially, what are we obligated or expected to have at a, as, at a, as a minimum so we can alleviate our younger brothers who try want to have easy some... For you, Nati. Make it easy for you, <laughs> As much as I can. Try to find loopholes, bro. I will try to make it easy for you. <laughs> well, some people would argue that it should be, it should be hard. Yeah, hard to, what, to, to prepare people. Uh, like, for instance... I think, obviously, like, nowadays, through my experience, and I'm sure the experience of other young boys, like, you can't really, I mean, you can go to someone's house, ask for their daughter's hand, you know, maybe you might not have, like, a, I guess, like, an end goal job where you, like, make a good amount of money where you're comfortable, but um, typically, nowadays, people want, you know, son-in-laws that, that have that job, that have that career set so they can take care of their daughter, for some of the more, I guess you could say, religiously progressive Western parents, they will they don't mind giving their daughter's hand to a boy that may not be financially situated yet. According but to is standards, on the standards. Yeah, but, so but it's on the pathway, though. But it's right. on the pathway. Planning for it. Yeah, they're right planning things. for it. But, I mean, typically nowadays you'll see, and I don't, I don't think this is like a, it can be, I guess, to some extent be seen as a religious thing because at the end of the day, a father that's raised a child can have a set amount of, I guess, expectations from you and ultimately... A, the girl that you're asking for will have expectations from you that you have to see. Absolutely. The problem is what the first ideology suggests uh, that this person, it won't be early anymore. It won't be between age of 18 to 21. If they are trying to be financially set. Yes, it won't be that Flash. age. It'll be tw- mid-20s, 30. Yeah. Depending late, on the late occupation. 20s. But then the question, like, doesn't that rise up? The, well, then maybe shouldn't they... Wait till that age where they're financially good. But at least from a man, perspective, yeah. what, yes. what are we expected to have ready materially? See, we have to see, for example, I as a I have a daughter. When a, a boy comes and asks my daughter's hand, I will see if this person is serious in his life mm. and he's trying to provide as much as he can. Like from young age, right now legally where he can work, he tried to work, he tried to put some money together, he did whatever he can. And he will do his best. But maybe Allah hasn't provided yet for him because he doesn't need it yet. Hmm. I mean, you're still young. You're on your own. 
I always tell the kids, if $1,000 is good enough for you, why should Allah give you $2,000 right now? For example, month three. Because you're going to get married. Allah says, no, go get married. Then I'll put risk in it for 2000 Because any young kid, when their 1000 become 2000 they're not going to save it. I'm going to get married. No. Let's just move, buy more of these materialistic Enjoy. things. It's just going to go away. So if I see that person is religious, as Rasulullah said, they came, they are religious. Religious, again, not necessarily mean Quran. And they care. They're they intentional. Care. They want that to intention. provide. Their intention and action shows. Yeah. They're not that, okay, I'm sitting home. Okay, Allah will provide from, no. They did this, they did this, they tried this business, they didn't work, they worked here, they worked, they tried to figure out themselves. And they, they will, they're willing to provide. And my wife and I, we had this discussion. And I said, uh, I can see that. If I can, I will be the beginning. I will be there for him. Because, to guide him. To guide him and to support him financially. And they can... You start. don't hear that every day. Yeah, but oh. would you say you that's hear a that every in the community? Yeah, I mean, it should yeah. become. Okay, see, sure. because this is where we want to set up standards within yeah. this show. So yeah. whatever it is, unfortunately. And I will provide as much as I can for him. Uh, so he can provide slowly, slowly. Maybe I can borrow money for him to start investment as a business. If I see him, he has the ability. Yeah. Or connecting with other people who can start working. I must be there as a father of the son or the daughter. doesn't matter. 100%. If my son, for example, he wants, when he gets married, he cannot provide, for example, for years, for first year or two. I must be there for him, for him to start and to learn, okay? And I told one of the parents, I was talking to them, I told them, majority of us we started from the basement a room in the basement finished basement you did i did the same thing i lived in basements for so many years it was one bedroom and dining hall and a kitchen small kitchen slowly slowly no businessman started becoming millionaire first day no they they lost here they lost here they here 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 same thing for life i told him one of the parents i really begged him because his son told me Sheikh, I'm getting into haram. Can you convince my father to allow me to get married? I told him, Habib, you don't need your dad's permission. You're a son. You're a boy. Go ahead. I said, no, you know, I, I want to get their permission and get their blessings. I literally had to beg him, beg the father. He said, no, he has to have money, car, everything, basics. I said, when you started, did you have the basics? He said, no. He said, I, I was not even in a basement. I was living in one room of my parents' house. We had one room. We didn't have our own private uh, bathroom, full bathroom. So we were one room and share bathroom oh with boy. everybody. So I told him right now, majority of the houses, they have basements, they have a full bathroom. You can start with a small kitchen in the house, slowly, slowly, until the boy gets there. Because his mind, his ability, his endeavor, his energy won't be guided. When he's not married, he's reft and might. Mm -hmm. One day he works, one day he doesn't work. One day he is okay, but when you put responsibility on him and you have to provide, He's going to be waking up in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. I have someone to feed. I won't be able to take off today. Okay, but aren't there dangers? Like some people like are just irresponsible like that, assuming that they'll change when someone comes under their wing. Could, uh, it is could be a risk. risk. It is. Everything is risk. Especially because like earlier earlier we mentioned that like, you know, an aspect of that bo uh, a, a young boy becoming mature is like he starts working and stuff like that, right? True. So if they haven't reached that threshold, how are we sure that? So if I see the person is not in that mindset at all, he's like literally loose. Like he has no goal no in life. No intentions of setting himself up outside of his father's At home. all. Okay, so <laughs> let's leave him alone. Until, and Sid and I tell some of these parents who come and they tell me that our kids are reckless. 
I told him we have a saying in Farsi that pray that he his head hits the wall sooner than later. Because when he hits the wall, okay, he wakes up. Okay, where am I? I'm here. Okay, okay, let's let's figure it out. So pray for that moment to come sooner than later. And you, and you mentioned earlier that like you know like the parents are usually like yeah we started out with like very like. I guess low means, you know, we lived with our, I guess of at the course. time, grandparents, one room, no special bathroom, no special bedroom, you know, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But wouldn't you say it's like a little different in the West, like at least here in Virginia, right? To maintain, a, like, I guess like just basic, you know, getting to work, back to work, like, you know, a car, you know, would be a big help. You know, public transportation isn't, you know, usually that reliable or like best. Typically right now by age of nine. No, no. Necessity or is it a commodity? I think me? it is. And right now, I haven't seen that much of, I mean, right now, a lot of youth that come to our center, more than 99% of them, they have cars. It might not be a high-end luxury car. No, no, it doesn't need to be. It has. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it gets them from point yeah. A to point B. So I shouldn't, as a father of a girl, I shouldn't be looking, okay, what kind of car he has. Well, but, but then so he has four tires and a wheel. Safety in Islam doesn't place these materialistic Expectations, you have to have your own. Actually, it removes all of this. It doesn't make sense to me how Allah would say that, you know, that this institution of marriage is going to protect you and fulfill half of your deen, yet I want you to do all of these things first. It's, it's again, it's, it sets you back. Uh, definitely, it, it does. I had one, uh, one DM that, uh, uh, oh, I know some families that got early married and then uh, they had a lot of problems. I told them, well, maybe the choice was wrong, mm. number one. So you didn't pick the right partner Incompatible. for yourself. Number two, the means that you got to it. For example, if I don't have the means of providing for my family, we have to have a $100,000 wedding. And you put yourself in that debt... Right now, okay, why this That's is not a cultural working. sickness that we have, honestly, so the every, Arab perspective. Every issue that we have within our life is because we brought culture in and we left the Ascent. religion out on this shelf. Another thing just before, I don't know if we're running low on time. I think, I think like our that, masterminds yeah. uh, behind the scenes are giving us an extra 15 minutes because yeah, we do okay. want to talk about, like, you know, now we've established um, the timing and stuff. We'll talk about, like, maybe what's too late, what's okay. too early, but yeah, please. Before first, we get to um, Another thing, so like you mentioned that like with the car, you know, whatever's sufficient, like point A to point B to get there. I mean, can we say the same thing for a job though too? Like, I guess the median, or what is the the average income? In America, in, 60? Or at least Virginia. 45? I, Virginia, I think when I checked, it was like 48,000. In Virginia? In Virginia, I believe, okay. yeah. It's going to be high in Virginia. Yeah, so, I mean, to a certain extent, like if that car is a car, I mean, that kind of income, we can also say... Should be should it not be required? I mean, so just to provide the average living for the spouse. Again, if we want to start at a, some level, which Islam hasn't put a level. Again, so when I see a person responsible, he might be making bare minimum salary, minimum wage. Well, since I believe in Quran, in kanu fuqara, if they were poor, poor yognehimullah min Because I believe in that. And this person also has that religiosity in him and he has good akhlaq. I know that Allah will provide. Mm. But again, it might take time. And I, I'm not going to go, if I cannot provide that much and 
his parents cannot. I'm not going to put a big burden of a wedding and dowry and all of these yeah. cultural, which will break his back and my back and my daughter's back, and it's going to ruin their future because I want to say, okay, they had a nice... impress the people. Impress and see what people say. So if he starts with our own basement in one of the states I was there, uh, young couples, they just had a smaller kid. Three, four young couples, Hussein's age, and they had smaller kids, and they had all had empty basements, basically, where I stayed for the Ramadan in one of their houses, uh, which was one bedroom and full bathroom and a dining, small place. I told them, see, right now we have a lot of youth within our communities, this community that I was lecturing. I told them why, if their parents, they don't have a basement, for example, their parents live in an apartment. An apartment. Why can't we, as a community, come together and say, okay, my basement is empty and vacant. I will give it for the first six months to one year to young couples who just got married and they cannot afford uh, rent. I'm already paying for downstairs and it's already vacant. How about I help a fellow Shia brother of mine and is a community member. You stay in my house. You can pay a little bit about toward the electricity and bills, a little bit, but stay down until you can stand on your own feet and you can either rent a house or buy a car on Allah's risk opens for you and then you can move on. Next year, the next person comes, the next, how much blessings and barakah comes to this house, these people who host these kind of couples. We have to find the means rather than putting obstacles in front of young people. Okay, if you don't make this much money. But I mean minimum wage, is that not a reasonable requirement? I mean, because that, that, that shows that at least that you're trying, uh, right? Yeah. I think you're like, I think like, like, imagine you don't have a job, right? Yeah. Imagine you don't have a job and this boy hasn't, or this boy, or I guess you can say in an instance, a girl, but not really. Um, they, because they yeah. we say, we don't say girls because they don't have the yeah. responsibility of providing. Yeah, to provide, Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, um, so like the, he comes and he's like, yeah, I don't have a job, but, uh, like, I love the qualities of your daughter. I'd love to get married to her, you know, but like, I, I Is don't he think looking? That, yeah. Has he tried? Thing, but then he, okay. He is looking, but has he sent resumes? But you, you haven't seen any results, though. But And, like, in today's society, I mean, like, unless you're, like, I think unless you're, like, a convict or something. Like, you can you can get <laughs> a, find a job. Wage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can get a minimum, minimum wage, wage even yeah. as a convict. And I think, like, it's kind of, like, balancing what Sheikh was saying about even if you don't have the job, as long as you have the intention and you're in the right direction. And you're trying. I will provide for you. You're I, trying. I, as, as the father, I will provide for you. And I think what you're saying also is we live in... Isn't, um, isn't that, like, ideal? Live in the East Coast. There's expectations. There's social pressures. I mean, you, you sh there's almost no excuse for not having a minimum wage paying job, right? Right. So it's almost like it might be an exception where you have a youth trying to get married and he was unable to find any job. And right now, see right now with our own friends, like your own youth, right. you know, around 100 of them at least right. within our own vicinity. How many of them they have tried to find a job and they haven't found a job and they're not working, like they are completely lazy. Maybe one in hundred, I don't think. I mean, I don't know of them right now, top of my head, any of them that they just don't want to work and they're not trying. No, they might they might not have a job yet, but they're working, trying here, here, here. They have shifted different jobs, which everybody is normal, I mean, until you find what you want to do. So this this brings something up that uh, I talked about with a friend a long time ago. Um, so then does it become a conversation of like, I can allow this to to happen. Like I can give my daughter to this boy, and they can get to know each other, be engaged for a period of time. Because that's a, that's the this is kind of like the plan that a lot of people are taking nowadays. They allow the two to be engaged for like you know a certain period of time, and then when he's yeah. when he's ready, 
when he whatever his he's financially situated they get married and then they yeah i mean and i think between three to nine months inshallah i don't know we'll get the time for it the time between nikah and reception which is not islamic i mean nikah and reception was before it was one same thing thing. same thing you did nikah and then you gave you're married and you're married but in here right now you have nikah and eat the party you have to have to have the party yeah so if we want to go with that between basically between three to nine months i think maximum for engagement period for engagement period for them to what if it takes ideally it should not ideally ideally Ideally. again sometimes it takes but i mean of course like we're mentioning ideals all the time but like realistically like to nail a I job mean, in three should, to nine months should be. I mean, they're not going to find within the three to nine. Months. Some people, yeah. Some, I mean, like, uh, and also we live in a um, like a East Coast, you know, relatively affluent area, part of Northern Virginia, where people are looking for very specialized jobs. Yeah, they're not specialized. Willing they're willing to wait because they're looking oh. to land a job with a right. big three, they big want four nice consulting job, firm. Yeah. They want to work for Amazon now that Amazon is here. They want to work for Google because mm. Google is here. So they'll wait. And they won't risk, almost like, you know, take a large risk because of the opportunity cost of missing out on that job. But now that we're here talking about, you know, um, talking about uh, too early, not too early, depending Mm -hmm. on wage and income, let's talk about harms. I think I should not, I shouldn't, that should not become a, a deal breaker at all. Job? Yeah, that should not be a deal breaker. I, I believe like, like you said earlier if, if, if you have the intention if the intention and the I, resume I guess you could say is there I, I would action, say shouldn't yeah. it be yeah it shouldn't yeah. be but, but for example if he's working at 7-Eleven let's just right. put a name out there but he's working he wakes up early in the morning after before Salat al-Subah he's trying to because he has heard that Allah's rizq is distributed through the hands of Ahl al-Bayt between Salat al-Subah and sunrise he wakes up early morning he leaves for a job he's putting all of his effort Right now he's seven eleven. He has that religiosity in him and morality and akhlaq. I'll definitely I'll go find him for my own daughter. I'm not gonna wait for him to come. I'll go find so him. So what what could be the harms of waiting? Too long to get married because I want the perfect job, because I want the perfect housing situation. It will never come. So what, because we what are the consequences? Cont- uh, it will be delayed and it will get to a time, a point, because I have a lot of cases. I think after a certain age Arguably, after age 26, 27-ish, it becomes so difficult to find the right spouse. A lot of candidates have already taken. A lot. Or they don't match me, or I'm already... Because by you that time... You get too rigid in your mind. You're being established. Mm. Sorry, one thing I want to say, but according to Forbes, uh, people who... Back with Forbes. Yeah, sorry. Forbes uh, made Forbes it two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people who do marry... After or later than the age of 25, the divorce rate goes down 14%. But these are also people that are most likely, you know, not really a religious sample size. True, true. But, I mean, it definitely still applies. I would say, like, those those, those studies uh, can be sometimes misleading because it's a completely different audience. Mm, it's an audience that is, like, not God-centric at all. Therefore, they're not really beholden to the same standards that... that was. I would say there's definitely still some truth to it, though. It's an so it's a core area of truth. It can mm. be. I mean, we cannot deny it. I mean, facts yeah. are facts. Yeah. But what I'm seeing from the communities and traveling all around different states and different provinces and right. countries, and I'm seeing the devastation, especially when it gets to 28, 29, 30, I see how they are devastated as a family, as an individual. And I always ask them, when the time was there between 19, 20, 21, 22, to the girls, did you add proposals? Yes. 
why did you delay it? Well, education. I'll tell the boys, why did you delay it? Well, because they asked me to finish my job and all of this and education and degree, all of this. And they are trying Is that to... bad for a boy, though? I mean, yes. like, I mean, in today's society, I mean, you could be a little older as a guy and get married still. It's easy possible, with, with yeah. age. I mean, for a but guy, it's missed out on easier. opportunities now. Yeah. True, but I mean, like, like Sheikh said earlier, like, the longer you wait, the older the guys you'll marry. Like, for a girl, relatively. Yeah. So, like, let's just say I'm a 30-year-old guy, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. We're going to be with this guy. I could, I could still be age 30. <laughs> I mean, in today's, I guess you can say, like, Western society, like, I would say it's pretty possible for me to marry someone anywhere between, you know, even even younger, even younger, like somewhere in their 20s, but very normal for me to marry someone who's anywhere at like 25. Normal, but you won't find it. Right now, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of cases that they're not matching. So the older you get, your personality is being shaped and you have a set of doing things and way of doing things. Become rigid. And let's get to know one another. I had a case of uh, brother and sister. They were trying to get to know one another for eight years. Subhan, I mean, how much is there to know about a person? After eight years, they said, okay, I think it's time for us to get married. The older you get, oh, okay. because... At least they went through with it. Uh, hopefully it was last. They made, made <laughs> the decision. They will become less risk taker and there's more to it. It's not, a, it's not good at all to delay it at all. Especially, I think, especially... If you, if like we discussed, you've reached the minimum age, you pass puberty, you've reached some intellectual maturity, you reached emotional maturity, you have elm of your dean, you're applying. So, 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 then, dean. so then, what, what else is left? What, what would we say is like what age is that that they well, reach all those? I think what we talked yeah. about is it's very subjective. Yeah. From an age perspective, I think we said like biologically there are minimum set based off of your physical maturity. Right. But then there's more intangible things that are like emotional intelligence, intellectual. But, but we were mentioning ideals earlier. So what would you guys, like what do you guys think ideally is like the threshold where those are met? Like, I think the age for, is impossible to, to pinpoint me, an age. For me personally, like according to what I've seen so far, I would say like emotional maturity. Like of course it's all relative. It's Absolutely. subjective, you know. Um, but for people who are like me, I've seen that the emotional maturity has been somewhat reached. Like you could say anywhere between mid twenties, maybe even early twenties, depending on the guy. Maybe even a little later. Yeah, I, I, I won't leave it until yeah. twenty four. I, I mean, I would work uh, before twenty four. Or, or religious maturity. Like for religious maturity, for me, I would say anything under twenty. I, I personally, I don't see a guy being that religious mature where like establishing wajibat to like. You know the T. Well, we also said that's not mandatory. On. Yeah, like the wajibat is it True, mandatory? To I be mean, hundred percent. Once marry. again, like what I mentioned earlier, like there is that risk. Like if you're not established in that lifestyle, change happens, risk okay. happens, and of course, there's no way to eliminate risk. But sure. you should also definitely account for losses. You know, yeah. shouldn't just you can uh, eliminate risk by buying insurance. I don't know if anybody <laughs> works in insurance. Da'a, 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 inshallah, <laughs> inshallah. Um, I think uh, maybe we'll start taking some questions on the topic. So I'm pretty sure our, our viewers have a lot of questions. Maybe in future episodes we can like carve out some time towards the end. What do you guys think? Sure, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. FAQs. Yeah. Get some questions from the crowd. Should do Instagram polls. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. If we keep talking, we're we're gonna exceed all the limits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since you mentioned 15 seconds is like the average attention span. Oh yeah. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, so, uh, this, uh, do we want any closing thoughts before we? Uh, in this discussion, I'll give this analogy and I'll. Uh, you want your analogy first, so you can go ahead. Go on. ahead. Yes. Um, I think one of the the biggest points that, like, I, at least that I've taken away today, is that it's relative, it's subjective. It's not. It's like as we've always said, like it's not one size fits all. 
your situation is molded to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala believes is best for you. Absolutely. Uh, if we look in history, like for instance, well, Ali got married around what age? Like I would say 22, right? It was two years after Hijrah, so around that age, maybe 22, 23, 24. Yeah. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa got married yeah. around 25. Yes. So, um, you know, if there was a, a single age or age range, then, you know, all the Ahlul Bayt would have been married around that time. So... I would say you definitely have to do some introspection as a youth, whether you be a boy or a girl. You have to look into whether or not you are emotionally mature, whether are you intellectually mature, religiously mature, um, financially mature, you know? Mm. And I like that, financially you know? yeah. mature as opposed to financially ready. Yeah. But financially like, mature, it's a really good one. And you have to do that introspection and then you have to also want you have to want it. Like Sheikh said, like all these all these thresholds. Half of it, other than action, is the intention. Absolutely. And, you know, there's the hadith that Rasulullah says that uh, reward, uh, I'm I'm going to paraphrase because I might not get it right, but uh, reward is based on intention. Everyone will be rewarded with what they based intended. Yeah, based, based on their intention. So, so, yeah, if if you're working towards that path, then you'll definitely reach it there sooner and you'll be ready to get married. My closing remark will be uh, strive sooner than later in delaying it there is a lot of a lot of harms a lot compared to even if you're not ready but you do it the harms will be much less than just delaying it because i don't see myself ready because again who will be able to say you are ready Stop. or not even yourself sometimes with what you hear you might be deceived that okay i'm not ready i'm not ready i'm not ready and then suddenly you see you see yourself you're at age 40 basically uh, no, be hope, be optimistic. So start early, strive, do du'a, ask, uh, try to put it together because every rak'ah of a married person is uh, rewarded much more than the single person. So minus fifty percent off. Yeah, and uh, the uh, uh, even sleeping married person sleeping is more reward than a. Single person. Are you going to tell me breathing is? Yeah. <laughs> no, these are two. These are two hadith. So you want to get more of the blessings of uh, that married couples have than single. So strive. And also, like a generational gap. Yes. When you're getting married to. Oh, that, late, don't let me start with that. Which 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 makes raising your children even harder. You oh, can't definitely. be the friend anymore. Now you're like the the dictator in the house. True. So. True. Ahsantum. Sheikh Mustafa, Brother Ali, I thank you both for your insight, thank for your you. time. Thank you. And dear viewers, where are you? Dear viewers, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Tafakkur Podcast. Inshallah, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. If you have uh, any comments or questions, please drop them below and uh, we'll address them in the next episode, inshallah. Shukran wa assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa 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 ala